0: So the Jewish rabbis, teachers, had disciples. And a blessing for the disciples emerged, which was, may you always be covered by the dust of your rabbi. Follow him so closely that the dust that he kicks up from his sandals covers your clothing. And the goal of a disciple was to have more dust and everyone else, so you wouldn't rub it off you'd have as much, because you're the disciple following the rabbi the closest. And you'd be with the rabbi wherever he went, because whatever he was doing, didn't matter what it was, was an opportunity to learn from the rabbi and to become more and more like him. And so today we are to follow Jesus, our rabbi, and to follow him so closely that we are covered with the dust. Of our rabbi. We're covered with his love, with his character, with his humility, with his servanthood, with his holiness, with his power, so that we are just becoming more and more like Jesus, being covered in the dust of our rabbi. And I've been apprehended by this statement for the last number of weeks. It has really gripped my spirit, and I've been crying out to God and saying, God, may I be covered in the dust of my rabbi. May I be covered with With your humility, may I be covered with your character, with your holiness, with your servanthood. May I be covered with your power. May I be covered in the dust of my rabbi. And it's been a a really exciting journey for me over the last a few last while because I want people when they see me, I want them to see Jesus. When they see you, I want them to see Jesus because our world, friends, I don't believe has so much rejected Jesus. They kind of rejected the church. Maybe because they've not seen enough of Jesus in the church, but we're going to change that through New Zealand and beyond. We're bringing Jesus back into the church. We, you are going to be covered in the dust of the rabbi. And when people encounter you, they're going to encounter Jesus. So In Israel, they were given the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, which I know many of you have memorized. And you ask the question, what age can children absorb the word of God? Parents, listen carefully. They'll start teaching them Jewish education, age six to 10. And by the age of 10, they would have memorized the first five books of the Bible. And you just say, that's impossible. Friends, children are still the same today. They've got greater capacity for God and the Bible than you ever would realize or think is possible. So the rabbi would cover the children's slate with honey and nothing was considered more treasured, more pleasurable, more exotic than honey in those days. So the rabbi would say to the kids, now lick the the honey off your slate and then lick it off your fingers. Remember, honey represents the word of God. And then as they do that, this is what he would say to them, may the words of God be like honey on your tongue. Be the most pleasurable, exotic, exciting, wonderful thing that you could ever comprehend. Wow. Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Yeah. So getting God's word deep into the hearts of their children was to be considered the most enjoyable thing in the life of a child. Right. That's why by the age of 10, they'd memorized the Old Testament. Yeah. Josephus said this, above all, we pride ourselves in the education of our children. That was so big. And they were basically, they were getting God's word into their children. And they understood if the word of God didn't make it deep into the bones of their children, they were one generation away from extinction. And friends, if we don't get God's word deep into the hearts of our children and our young people, we're one generation away from losing a whole generation that are no longer followers of Jesus Christ. That's why our meeting tonight for Children's Anniversary is so important. I can't tell you how important it is because the goal of Church Unlimited is to get God's Word deep, deep, deep into the hearts of our next generation, our children, our young people. Because friends, when they have that, their life will be the most exotic, the most pleasurable, the most enjoyable life they could possibly enjoy on planet Earth. Never underestimate the need to get the book inside the hearts of your children. By the way, get it inside your own heart as well while you're at it. (laughs) So I think this is the greatest gift we can give our children. Just listen carefully, friends. This is far more important, getting the word of God deep into the hearts of your children. Far more important than their schooling, which is important. You know, they they may be a scholar at school, and intelligent and a dux, but friends, more important, are they a scholar of the word of God? Are they a scholar, of, a scholar of following Jesus? Friends, it's more important than them being good at a sport. You know, that's just that's a fading crown that's not going to last for long, friends. But if you if you clothed in the, in the Word of God and the presence of God, that is the ultimate. It's more important than money. Yeah. It's more important than a career. Do not, hey, go after all those things, fine, but make sure the priority, number one, above everything else for your children, the next generation, is getting them closer to God and getting His Word into their lives. It's our greatest responsibility, I think, as parents. So the best of the best students would continue onto the house of learning roughly to the age of 14. And by then, they'd memorize the entire Old Testament. But hey, I'll let you off if you just do the first five books, all right? And you can leave the rest, okay? By the age of 14, by the way. So that's how important they treated the Word of God. Isn't that amazing? That is really amazing. Then the best of the best of the best of the best, (laughs) age 14 plus, would go to a powerful rabbi and ask to be their disciple. What we have to understand is this. For the Jewish boy, the ultimate goal in life, the highest honor and privilege, was to become a rabbi. The only way he became a rabbi was he had to be a disciple of a rabbi. So the rabbi's goal was to perpetuate their teachings and the things that they did. So what they do, they'll train disciples to carry it on after their time. And if he believes, a rabbi believes that you are good enough to be like him, to perpetuate what he represented, then he would say these words come follow me. And the idea was to what they would do, because this was such a high calling, the disciples would leave everything on the spot. On the spot, friends, because there was nothing more precious or valuable or wonderful than being asked to be a disciple of a rabbi, because hopefully one day you could become a rabbi. But if the rabbi thought you didn't have what it takes to really be his disciple and represent him well, he would say, go home, have children, Pray they become rabbis and learn your trade. Down a level. So we go to Matthew 8, 4.18. Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So when Jesus is looking for disciples, he finds Peter and Andrew, he finds these fishermen. So here's the question. Why were they fishing? Well, they were playing their trade because no rabbi had considered them good enough to be one of their disciples. But now they've got a rabbi, Jesus, calling them. So Peter and Andrew immediately drop their nets, (laughs) leave their father in the boat, (laughs) because some guy says, come follow me. It doesn't make any sense. Unless you understand that the highest calling, honor, and privilege in the, in the world is to be called by a rabbi and be invited to be one of his disciples. And that's why you, when you were called to that, you would drop uh, your fishing nets in a moment without consideration of anything. And away you go to be a disciple of a rabbi. And hopefully one day you would become a rabbi. So, let's, because this rabbi believes you can be like him and that you can do the works that he did. So let's bring it home today. Jesus, our rabbi, he wants disciples who will perpetuate his teachings, who will be like him in character, in holiness, in purity, and do greater works than he did. That's the call of Jesus. So today he's saying to you and me, come follow me. And it is the greatest honor in life for the rabbi of all rabbis, Jesus himself, to walk past you and say, come, follow me. It is the ultimate. And he says it because he believes. He believes with every ounce of his being that you can be like him in character, in holiness, in humility, in servanthood. And he believes that you can do greater works than he did. He believes that, friends. If he didn't, he would never have called you to be his disciples. And if you look at the early church disciples, what did they do? They became just like Jesus. And they did greater works than Jesus did. And they turned the world upside down. Jesus believes you can be like him. That's why we read in John 15, verse 16, You do not choose me. But I chose you. Jesus believes you can be like him. You can be a phenomenal Christian. You can be on fire. You can be passionate in prayer and fasting. And you can minister in the power of God. He believes that. If he didn't, he would never have chosen you. See, there's 7.7 billion people on the planet today. And out of those 7.7, God's just chosen a handful. Really, literally at this stage in history, a handful that he believes can be like Him and can do greater works than He did. He's chosen a handful who are the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. And in that handful, friends, He's chosen you. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah, come on. Unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable that He thinks you can be like Him Amen. in character and in power and that you can change your world. There is no greater privilege than that. And so, friends, this is the highest calling in life. If we understand that, friends, then we'll be like Peter and John. We will drop everything and anything. Nothing will be more important than following our disciple, our our, our rabbi, as closely as we possibly can so that we are covered in the dust of our rabbi. See, Jesus is wanting to raise up a people that will represent him in his fullness. They'll be just like Jesus. Show Jesus what, show the world what Jesus is really like. Not what the world has portrayed, friends. You know, they've so misrepresented Jesus that most people in the world, we're not interested. If that's your Jesus, get out of here. He wants us to represent him well. I once heard it said, you know, people say we're Christians. And someone said to this group of people, he said, either change your behavior or change your name. If you call yourself a Christian, a Christ follower, if you do, if you tell me I'm a Christian, please make sure you represent Jesus well, that you have his character, you have his love, you have his humility, and you have his power. There's nothing worse than representing Jesus poorly because that will not encourage people to follow Jesus. Interestingly, that most disciples were of high school age. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Maybe they'd have one that was a bit older. But that was the age, friends. And God used these young men to change the world. Don't underestimate what your children and young people are capable of, friends. So in John one forty-three to 44, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida. Bethsaida was a small village, back blocks of nowhere. You know, it's a bit like being from, I better not use the name because you might be from there, eh? But uh, somewhere unknown, all right? Timbuktu, that's a safe one, isn't it? All right. So, but church history tells us is Philip from Timbuktu, equivalent, ends up in Herapolis. Herapolis was the Las Vegas of the Roman Empire, like it was the pits, it was ugly, it was debauched, it was wicked, it was evil. So Philip, a disciple of Jesus, he takes the gospel to this place at the risk of his own life, and the entire place turns to Jesus. Wow. And you ask the question, how could he do that? Yeah. Why? Because he had seen Jesus yeah. do miracles. Yeah. And as his disciple... He believed he could do the same. Wow. Friends, what's your Herapolis? Jesus has called you. He's chosen you because he believes you can be like him, do greater works than he did, and bring transformation to your street, to your family, to your workplace, to your school, to your community, wherever God has placed you. Friends, we gotta stop dumbing down the gospel. We've got to stop dumbing down what God expects us or called us to do, of being like him and having his power. We've so limited what what it's really all about. And this message is to lift our vision higher. Yes, we can be like Jesus. Yes, we can minister his power. Yes, we can bring transformation to wherever God has placed us in Jesus' name. That's what it means when Jesus said, come follow me. He didn't say, just come follow me and, you know, just carry on with the rest of your life and and just, you know, do whatever and no big deal about it. When he said, come follow me, he said, no, come follow, become like me. Minister in the same power I ministered and more and bring transformation to wherever I have placed you. Let's lift our vision up, friends. Because you know what? The world is looking for Jesus. The world is looking for Jesus. That means they're looking for you and they're looking for me. Maybe not looking for the church. They've got to become more like Jesus. So, Matthew 14, it's really interesting. Peter walks on water. Well, Jesus coming there walking on water. Next thing you know, Peter's out of the boat and he's walking on water as well. He said, Jesus, Jesus says, come. How, come. how does Peter end up walking on water? Why does he jump out of the boat? Because. As a disciple of Jesus, he thought, if Jesus can do it, so can I. Yeah. So he jumps out of the boat, he walks on, well, then he begins to sink. And Jesus said, Oh, you have little faith. Jesus, Peter didn't lose faith in Jesus, he lost faith in himself that he could be like his rabbi and do the works that Jesus did. Wow. Are you getting it? Yeah. This is so exciting, man. I tell you, this is absolutely blowing me away. So as you read your Bible, which I know you do, those of you who have memorized the first five chapter books, I want you to start going to the sixth and seventh, all right? <clears throat> Don't say you can't do it. But as you read your Bible, as you see what Jesus does, as you see what the disciples do, tell yourself, I can do the same. That's right. I can do the same. Yeah. We've dumbed down Christianity so far, friends, yeah. that when you hear it, a lot like, of you are going like, what? Yeah. No, you aren't really, but you know the other yeah. church is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like it's so far away from what we believe. Yeah. And see, friends, you cannot walk in what you don't believe. That's That's right. Right. You can't. Yeah. If you don't believe any what I'm talking about, you'll never be like Jesus, and you'll never do greater works than He does. Yeah. Being a disciple is all about imitation. So a disciple wasn't just to know the, his rabbi's teachings. He was to become like his rabbi. Imagine the disciples, three years. <laughs> they lived with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They had food with Jesus. They would have seen how he got up early in the morning to pray. Yeah. They would have seen how he was connected with, to the Father 24-7. Yeah. They would have seen his compassion for the poor, for the uh, reaching out to sinners and the lost. He would have, they would have heard his teachings on heaven and hell. And friends, they would have become just like him. Yeah. Yeah. They, were, they, they would have been are covered in the dust of their rabbi because they were so close to him. 24-7 in his presence. And that's what God's calling you and I to, friends. Jesus is not here in physical presence, but he's here by his spirit. He's here by the Holy Spirit. And we are to live with him 24-7. Be in his presence 24-7. Be covered in the dust of our rabbi. So right now, Stand to your feet, please. Won't need a keyboard this time. I want you to find three people and with sincerity and honesty and with faith and compassion say, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Off you go. You've got 30 seconds. Great, thank you so much for that. So if we're gonna live like disciples of Jesus today, it's more than just hearing sermons and knowing the word of God. We've got to have that as a starting point. But we must keep getting closer to Jesus. Yeah. So he may prompt you to pray more, which he's doing to a lot of people, and they're praying more. He may prompt you to fast more and you'll be praying, you'll be fasting more. Doing all that he may ask you to forgive someone so you forgive someone. He may say you need to go deeper in this area, you're going deeper in that area. He may say, memorize the whole New Testament, so you memorize the whole New Testament. <laughs> I'm not sure he'll do that one. But whatever it is, see a true disciple of Jesus is never stagnant. Yeah. And never settle for mediocrity. Amen. They never have a tick-the-box approach to Christianity. Wow. You know, prayed this morning, tick. Yeah. Read my Bible, five minutes, tick. Got to church once this month, tick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was kind to a neighbor once this year, tick. No, friends, it's not like that. We are, into it. We are into We're to be into continual transformation. Yeah. Continual transformation. Yeah from one stage of glory to another until we are covered in the dust of our rabbi. This is doable, this is possible, and we trust we're gonna get there by the grace of God. 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Are people seeing your progress? Has someone told you recently, wow, you're changing? You wanna hear those words? that your progress may be evident. So you're changing so much. People are seeing it and commenting on it it as well. That's the goal of continual transformation. He's chosen you and he's chosen me, friends, to represent Jesus to the world in his fullness. In his fullness. Everyone say fullness. Fullness. Not just a little bit of Jesus. No, the fullness of who Jesus really is. That's what our world is looking for. That's what they're desperate for, friends, to see Jesus. So, how can we be covered with the dust of our rabbi? Number one, you've got to be devoted to closeness. Jeremiah 30 21. Who is he who will devote himself to be close to me? declares the Lord. Have you ever devoted yourself to be close to God? Why don't you decide that today? Okay, God, help me. I'm going to devote myself to be close to you. So, when you're engaged, and when you first marry you are devoted to closeness especially when you're engaged <laughs> changes quickly after you're married and you wake up one day and you think what have i done really this is a dream isn't it <laughs> no it's a nightmare and it's a real one anyway moving along moving along but you're devoted to closeness you You'd be on the phone to your fiancé, to your boat, you know, for for hours. You know, one o'clock in the morning, you're still talking to them on the phone. Why? You just can't get enough of one another. And, you know, you engage, and if some people want to tag along, come with you, you say, get lost. We want to be devoted, close to one another. We don't want anyone hanging around. But as the years go by, The devotion to closeness fades away and you get devoted to your kids. Mm. You get devoted to your career. You get devoted to buying a house, to making more money or making that business work. You get devoted maybe even to a sport or to your grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with those things, friends. But the priority must be yeah. devotion to Jesus. Staying close to Him, friends. We should be getting closer to Jesus all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Year in and year out, closer and closer to Jesus. Amen. So the challenge is to cultivate the presence of God 24-7. Whether you're praying, whether you're working or fixing kid, lunch, lunch for the kids, all you've got to do is acknowledge His presence because He is there. Yeah. Yeah. How many of you used to sit at the back of the class during school? Be honest now. Most of the city church, just about every hand went up. They're a rebellious bunch there. About three people here used to sit at the back of the church. Well, let me tell you something. When you sit at the front, closer to the teacher, you will hear better and you'll see clearer. When you're close to Jesus, you hear better. Some people say, well, how come you hear God's voice a lot? Well, just get close. Anyone can do it. You just got to get close. But if Jesus is, you know, a thousand miles away from you, you're not likely to hear much. And also you see clearer what your life is about, where he's guiding you, whether he's leading you. You make right decisions because you see clearer because of devotion. The second thing, now the Jews would wear, a good Jew would wear a pressure. shawl. Okay, one of these things. So I'm going to give this a go. You saw one of these recently, all right. But uh, I'm going to give this a go. And so you'd wear it. Something oh, is that looking about right, folks? I don't know if I have quite got it right there, but right. they can edit all this and make it look fantastic on the TV, I know. All right, so. <laughs> it's because they want to keep their jobs. <laughs> all right, so it's, it's, it's something like this, I'm pretty short, sure, all right. So, you know, Jesus, our Rabbi, wore one. So imagine we're going around 24-7 with the prayer shawl on. Do you reckon that would remind you to pray? Yeah, yeah. Right. You want to get close to Jesus? You want to be covered in the dust of the rabbi? Learn to pray. Yeah. As 1 Thessalonians five eighteen puts it, I think, pray without ceasing. Yeah. That's, right. Just, that's what, they, that's what they, they wore, these things, to, to pray all the time, to seek God, you know, help them pray. And I think it's one of the ways to be covered in the dust of the rabbi. Now, if I can get this right, these were considered... seem to be like wings. Can you see the wings? Does that that look like wings? Yeah, Yeah, okay. So then you go to Malachi 4, verse 2. But you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, shall arise with healing in his wings. Wings. So the woman with the issue of blood, what does she do? Presses through the crowd. What? To touch the hem of his garment. Because she believed there were healing in the wings. When you pray a lot, friends... I reckon you get closer yeah. to Jesus and you get closer to the healing that's in His wings. Yeah. You want to be covered in the dust of the rabbi? Try this book. Yeah. When you're looking at this book, you're looking at Jesus. Yeah. When you're closer to this book, you're close to Jesus. You can't read this book without being covered in the dust of the rabbi or covered more of the dust of the rabbi. And it's, yeah. it's such a powerful thing to do, friends. And and so with the um, with the... There's a scripture in Numbers 15:39. You shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them. So there are four tassels on the corner of the prayer shawl and they had five knots representing the first five books of the Bible. They wrapped them around their fingers like this. All right, something like this. You saw this recently, but I'm just doing it a little bit better. <laughs> and so now imagine not only do you have a prayer shawl to remind you of prayer, but you're reminded of God's word. 24-7. Every time you did something with your hand, you'd see the five books of the Bible and it to be a reminder to, to read God's word and to be covered in the dust of your rabbi. And you know, the thought is to go deep into the Bible and to get the Bible deep into our lives. Psalm 190, 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation. Read the last three lines. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, it is my meditation. Maybe it's not up there. All the day. Everyone say, all the day. Yeah, it's my meditation all the day. You know, if you memorize <laughs> the first five books of the Old Testament or whatever, you will be thinking about it all the day. You would, wouldn't you? Maybe we need to get back to a bit of Bible memory, you know, memoration. so whatever. But, you know, um, in, uh, in golf, there's four rounds. And Friday, Saturday, they have a go. And then Saturday's always, Thursday, Friday, have a go. Saturday's always considered moving day. That's when you make your move to get higher up the, the leaderboards because you want to win. And so I believe at Church Unlimited, we're in moving year. Yeah. Yeah. Where people are moving closer to yeah. Jesus. And so we're seeing this in people praying more. A lot of it started with the 21 days of prayer and fasting. People have increased in prayer and fasting in church. It's amazing. It's, you know, so that, uh, you know, so when the youth have their camp, what do they do? 21 days of prayer and fasting. We didn't even ask them to do it. When we have the Africa night, 10 days of prayer and fasting beforehand. International night, PI night, all the night, 10 days of prayer and fasting. No one's asking them to do it. People are getting closer to Jesus, being covered in the dust of the rabbi. This is moving year for Church Unlimited. We're pushing into God. And friends, not only that, people are, are, are reading their Bible more through soul food, they're going deeper, we're going deeper into our worship There's grace available to us right now to go deeper in in God. And friends, my prayer is that as a church, we will be covered in the dust of a rabbi. And so when people say, you want to see Jesus, go up to Church Unlimited. There's a whole lot of people just like Jesus in that place, covered in the dust of our rabbi. That's the call on Church Unlimited. Moving forward, we're lifting the bar. We're lifting the standard. We're going deeper. We're going to be like our rabbi. In character and in power. Amen. It's amazing, friends, what God is doing. I've never felt so drawn to God in all my life in recent months. Just sense of going deep, and I just so grateful, so thankful to God. It is wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So, Luke 10:38 to 42. Martha welcomed him, her into his house, him into her house. She had a sister Mary, sat at Jesus' feet, heard his word, but Martha was distracted. With much serving. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. The one thing needed was being with Jesus, no matter what was going on. So our struggle to stay in God's presence is distraction. One thing is the decision to continue to live in Jesus' presence and be covered with the dust of the rabbi. And how you do that is invite Jesus into whatever you're doing. Acknowledge Him, whatever you're doing. Whether you're cooking, whether you're ironing, whether you're signing a contract, whether you're at work, whether you're at play, whether you're with your kids, acknowledge Jesus. He is with you. The more you acknowledge Him, the more you'll know His presence is there, the more you'll begin to feel His presence. Uh, because he never leaves you nor forsakes you. So Martha's upset about so many things. These keep us from God's presence. These keep us upset in the kitchen instead of being covered in the dust of the rabbi. Now, sitting at the feet of Jesus doesn't mean doing nothing. No, it means doing a whole lot of stuff, but at the same time, being in the presence of God. I encourage you to pray every morning, may may I be covered in the dust of my rabbi, and repeat that prayer throughout the day and see what God begins to do. Of note, before Jesus, not one rabbi, listen, had a female disciple before Jesus. For we kept talking about Jewish boys. No respectable rabbi would ever let a woman close enough to be covered with his dust. But Jesus has made God's presence scandalously available to anyone who wants it. He is the greatest liberator of woman that will ever walk the planet. Every one of us can be a disciple of our rabbi, be like him in character, like him in power, in power male or female, black or white, rich or poor, young or old. It makes no difference. The invitation is to everyone, come follow me. Jesus will come into our kitchen if we ask him. Brother Lawrence, who wrote that book, The Practice of the Presence of God, amazing. Spent most of his life in adult, as an adult in a kitchen. He called himself the Lord of all pots and pans. And he learned how to make his task and exercise in being in God's presence. He chose the one thing needful. He would say he was as much in God's presence, listen to this, doing dishes as being on his knees in prayer at the altar. Just as much in God's presence. Wow, that's challenging, isn't it? It's not a matter of what you're doing. See, everything we do is serving. It's all serving God. Because he would go on and he would (laughs) say, what did he say? He said this. He he said, I turn my omelets in the pan for the love of God. He was worshiping God as he was making omelets for his fellow people that were with him in that place. In the kitchen, he was covered with more than grease and flour. He was covered with the dust of his rabbi. Jesus. Jesus is saying to each of us, to you and to me, come follow me. He's saying to you today, I believe you can be like me in character and do greater works. I believe you can represent me well to this world that's looking for me. You can represent me in my fullness, in love and character, in humility and servanthood, in holiness and power. To be called by Jesus, our rabbi. To follow Him is the highest honor and privilege on planet Earth. There is no greater calling. There is no greater honor. There is no greater privilege in life, friends. And it's worth being like Peter and John, Peter and Andrew, whichever two it was. <laughs> it's worth being like them and forsaking all, everything, everything, friends, to be covered in the dust of our robot and show the world what Jesus, what God is really like because the world is longing to see Jesus. Everyone is looking for Jesus. May you, may I be covered in the dust of our rabbi.